your boy Padrew with my boy Padnam. All right, I'm here in Studio B Wick. You and where the- are you at, Padnam? Oh, you know, I stay in the A. I, I, studio A. A. Padnam, I got some uh, some news for you. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Studio B Wick is about to be no more. It's my last week in the studio, and I'm heading up to. Uh, to Astoria, I got. I don't know what the name of that studio is going to be up there, but what do you think? Uh, I think Studio S, uh, Astoria. Um, studio. Are you saying S as in the letter S or ass? Like S. 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 Uh, well, I'm upset. Mm-hmm. That, first of all, almost uh, R.I.P. Studio B. Wick. Uh, yeah, really. That's uh, a. That had a good run. A lot. A lot of the listeners are probably just uh, really sobbing right now uh, over this this matter. How are you dealing with it, though? Uh, I'm not sobbing over that, but I mean, more likely listeners of this uh, this bite are going to be sobbing over GOT, those thrones. We got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, we just watched the newest episode, and uh, crazy shit went down. Sad shit went down, and uh, but first we got to talk happy stuff, right? Panam, uh, we got to talk about the Warriors just getting that ass whooped right now as we speak. Fourth yeah. quarter, currently just right, getting it right now. Padru, it is one thirteen seventy two with one minute remaining in the third. OKC is, I would say, they're feeling all right. Oh, it's it's only the third quarter. I it's thought only, it was the. They got a whole other quarter to play. This is the thing that scares me about this, though. You're going to see some flagrant foul. Something's going to come up. We already, all right. I don't know if you saw any of the beginning but Darren Green did a street fighter guile kick to uh Steven Adams nuts uh, yeah I uh, I didn't catch it live but I just I, I of course saw it on Twitter that uh, I, I took a look at the photo mm-hmm. uh what happened exactly you saw live did Steven Adams go down like a normal man would getting kicked in the nuts because I I saw someone made a comment on Twitter like he has balls of steel or something like he didn't uh well, does that mean he didn't crumble with that uh, nut kicking by Draymond well, uh, I mean, we'll go into the other series. Biombo also got his nut shot uh, yesterday, but um, for Toronto. But comparison to those both cross shots, Stephen Adams uh, <laughs> kind of just got up pretty quickly. He didn't actually. He didn't even go all the way down to the knees. If he did, it was for a second, and then he got up again. He's still mm. grimacing. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, hey, that's that's a man grimace, right? Yeah, I mean, that's very impressive. By the way, there's just such great synergy. I'm realizing between. NBA playoffs or in general and GOT right because we're talking about nut shots here crotch shots mm-hmm. Game of Thrones tonight had a, cr- a crotch shot as well you saw that right um I don't oh <laughs> yeah 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 I, I do remember um 
a little Dinklage being shown. Uh, yeah, it was no little Dink. You know, it was not the Dinklage himself. He didn't. Right, right, right. He didn't hang that dong, but uh, just some random actor well, acting of, in a show, and it was layers on that shit. Well, that's the thing. A lot of a lot of the fans have been requesting this for more penises um, on Game of and, Thrones. And, and Amelia Clark herself, I saw uh, on a talk show petitioning for more actors on Game of Thrones to uh, to drop the trial like that. And uh, I don't know if that's what she had in mind. She's probably thinking like Jon Snow or one of the main characters. But you know, you take what you can get. You know, people who are into that sort of seeing that sort of thing. You know? Well, well, I mean, do you think the NBA fans are also looking for more uh, cross shots in that manner too? <laughs> hey, didn't LeBron do that last year, right? <laughs> LeBron got... Yeah, he, he, uh, he was auditioning so, for Sports Illustrated, uh, swimsuit so, edition. So we'll talk, let's keep talking Warriors, but uh, one more thing real quick of how the synergy between uh, Thrones and NBA. Hmm. Right now, the Warriors, the presumptive favorite, right? The main play, one of the main players in the game, you would say, right? Mm-hmm. Taking a big L, and what happened on Thrones tonight? Two of the, who are the two of the biggest players in the? Now I'm talking, not talking Jon Snow, Daenerys, Sansa. Who are, if you think about it, who are probably two of the biggest, one of the or two of the biggest, if not the two biggest players in the game in general? Like behind the scenes, pulling strings. Who would you say? I would say Littlefinger. Right, that's one. Who's uh, the other one? And um, uh, Hut Hut, uh, the guy, the guy. Uh, uh, think, think, Marine right now. Oh, um, um, you know, uh, Creed. Sp- uh, what is his who? Name? Uh, no, the, the, what? the spider, the unit. Oh, there. right, right, right. He got, he got like, put he, in his place. Right, but so Varys and Littlefinger are like the two main guys behind the scenes pulling strings. You know, right? From season one all the way back. From yeah. season one all the way. From the start of this season all the way, the Warriors and the Cavs to a certain extent. What's the similarity between all of them? All four took an L. Like, you never saw Littlefinger and Varys as shook ever as they were in this episode, I don't think. Both of them in separate storylines. They both got put in their place a little bit. And the Warriors getting put in their place hard right now. Not to mention... I won't put this as serious, but the Cavs did lose finally last night. So, so they also the big, got put in their place too. The big theme is I don't think the Cavs got put in their place. I won't. Say, I don't even know if the Warriors are right now. Not this, quite the same as what happened on Thrones, but in general, all the top players taking L's this weekend. It's crazy. Right? Yeah, and then also uh, I also took an L um, this weekend. Oh, what happened to you now? Yeah. Um, so I was uh, I was real excited and real hyped about. Um, getting my Ben and Jerry's cinnamon bun ice cream edition. I don't know if you've had that uh, flavor. I didn't even know that was a thing. Cinnamon bun? Yeah, yeah. So cinnamon bun is like cinnamon de- uh, uh, bun dough, like cookie dough, and then uh, cinnamon uh, ice cream. It's really, really fucking fantastic. It's not like a tie-in. I know Ben and Jerry's does their tie-ins, like the Late Show, Jimmy Fallon ice cream, all that stuff, or Americone Dream, whatever, uh, I think, uh, Colbert. This one isn't cinnamon bun off my off my jam adventure time, is it? It's not no, no. I mean, that's a great connection, but I, it's not. Uh, you a, have no idea what reference I'm dropping right now. Yeah, well, that's why I'm. That's why I said it's a great connection. Uh, I can't comment less or more on it. Hey, listen to Pop Parallels. Well, first episode. My oh. mic is falling. Your your mic stands. Now, can you tell that I'm? Can you tell that I'm just shook right now? Yeah, you, you stay shook, but you need to you need whoa, to stay whoa, whoa. You need to stay woke right now because shit is happening. Okay, the world is turning over up upside down, topsy turvy. That's uh, why I'm shook, honestly. I mean, and uh, getting back to my more important story of my ice cream, obviously. Oh, right, cinnamon <laughs> bun. Go ahead. 
Well, uh, I actually just explained it. I was really excited to go in there. You know, when you open up the ice cream the first time, it's all flat. You put it in, you put the uh, spoon in, and you try to take like a little scoop. That scoop kind of went flying um, out out of my hands and then onto the floor. And Sir uh, Robert, Sir Robert Dog, uh, Sir Robert Bob Dog, yeah, sees the opportunity Dog, yeah. uh, to get a lick in. Uh, so it, I couldn't even get the five. Hold seconds. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you you're trying to compare? Let me get it. Let me see if I got this straight. I'm talking about teams losing. I'm yeah. talking about big players in thrones right? losing. Right? You're trying to conflate you losing a tiny spoonful, not even a regular size scoopful or a big spoonful of, of your ice cream, a small first break into the top, little thing getting eaten by Sir Robert Dog. That's that's what you consider on the same level right now. Am I getting that right? Um. Yeah, because... I know first, you like your ice cream. The first now. bite is always the best. I mean, I, I would argue that for the same reason you said it's not the best. Because when you get that, you know, Ben and Jerry's pine or whatever it is at the bodega or wherever you get it, you try to put the spoon in. Yeah, it's too frozen still. Yeah. So it's hard to get a good spoonful unless you let it sit out for a while. So it's not the first bite is not the I best. W- I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. And I apologize to my listeners. That's uh, right. I, next time around, I'll let it thaw out a little bit more. And uh, make sure that there's no accidents on the floor again. All right. Well, I don't think you took the exactly the message we wanted you to take out of that, but let's let's move on. Uh, what what do we got to say about the uh, Western Conference Finals right so, now? So as we just announced the score, obviously Thunder are just hammering these Ws, um, and I I'm really uh, a fan of of this series. I was I was hoping for this one at as of like last week or the week before, because I thought this should just be must-see TV. And right now, it's not looking like must-TV. It's not. I mean, other than game one, which was very good, game two and three have not at all been must-see TV. And I think think game four is going to catch up, uh, and I think the word is going to tie it. It's going to be a 2-2. But this, after the game five, six, seven, the best of three after that, that's where you're going to see... Uh, the prime time shine, and if the Warriors cannot fold, I mean, I mean, fold. I guess tomorrow, then obviously yeah. they have a shot. If they do, then it's all thunder, man. Uh, that's I mean, what... here, here's the thing: is well, when is Game Four on Tuesday? I yeah, I, I don't think they get an uh, extra three day rest because they already had that. Yeah, another one. Yeah, really. Yeah, so. so, um, I do still think you know if I was a, if I had a bet on it right now, I still think the Warriors got this. Because I think they will win Game Four, and then they'll win the best out of three. Even though I want to see the Thunder against my Cavs in the finals. But that being said, if the Thunder and I didn't really watch much of the game tonight because I was too consumed with Thrones, so mm-hmm. I didn't see exactly what the Thunder did for the most part to get this blowout going on right now. So maybe I'll check the tape in a little bit and see. Maybe I'll see something on there that it says, "Oh, the Thunder can go full steam ahead, win Game Four. Right now, I don't think they will. But if they do win Game Four, I mean, I don't. Th- I wouldn't bet on the Warriors at that point. You know, if you're up, not saying they won't do it. You know, greatest regular season team of all time, record wise at least. But right. I mean, they got to win that four of the Dubs, right? That's the biggest game. Well, of the year well, a little asterisk on this four, a little, or maybe a little caution with that Draymond Green nut shot. He could be suspended like Dante Jones okay. was. 
and that would be a huge loss to the Warriors because they run a lot of yeah. pick and rolls with him, a lot of draws with him. Yeah, so but it's safe to say it's uh, it's a lot bigger loss than Dante Jones. <laughs> well, I mean, da- Dante Jones has a lot of uh, bench reactions. And, that I like, although also for. you know Jones, as Reggie Miller called it himself, uh, live in the game before it happened, but. In the game against the Hawks, where the Cavs got the the record, not just postseason record, but in general record for mm-hmm. most three pointers in one game, Dante Jones got the record. He was the one who hit that three pointer. So he, yeah, he one... does have a place in the history books. I don't think I think it'll be a team record, though, right? Of course, it's a team record. But if you're going to look for the person that you know, you could go back in time and not saying many people would do this, but if someone did look it up, who hit? You know, the shot that was the most ever, it's Dante Jones. Well, then good Mo for, Williams added one on for good measure. Mo Gotti got in there, too? Okay. Yeah, the whole the whole third well, unit. Obviously, you think the Warriors are going to move on. I'm actually changing my tune, depending on uh, what happens tomorrow or later with the suspension, if that happens or not. I think if, if Dante Jones get a suspension for, like, a, a uppercut uh, Ryu style or Ryu Ken style, then I, I think a Guile or Chun-Li type kick in the nuts would – deservingly be consistent i don't know much about that is that street fighter you're referencing yeah hadouken okay yeah i've heard of hadouken i never played much myself but do those characters that you mentioned are they famed for uh nut shots like that or why why'd you bring those ones up well i mean if anyone knows i'm sorry Podnam. i know you probably wanted to talk more nba but yeah personally i'm too enthroned to mindset right now uh, refresh my memory, by the way, Nam. Have you read any of them, or you read the first one, or you uh, started? I read the first one, and I yeah. listened to. Um, there's these two unreleased audiobooks. Well, not audio released books that are prequels to the Game of Thrones. I don't like know if the Duncan Eggs. Yeah, Duncan yeah, yeah, Egg. Duncan, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I started listening to that because I was like, oh, I want to start with the origin, but that shit is like boring as fuck. Oh, uh, they're pretty good, but you definitely shouldn't read those first. I mean, you got to get the re- regular books out of the way, I would say, but um, it's on my queue, my Audible queue. Well, all right, so the point being as someone who's read all the books and is really into them, the episode tonight, The Door, it was called Episode 5, Season 6. I don't know, you know, book and show are different at this point, right? You've heard about that. Yeah. They're not going to do things the same way. It would be impossible to do a lot of storylines the same way, the way it's setting up, but a lot of things went down in tonight's episode that were like long-time questions for book readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a, a, almost a mind-blowing episode in that way. I guess I have a different perspective on it than you because of that. But like a lot of big questions were seemingly answered or somewhat answered tonight on this, mostly in the brand storyline, right? Yeah, it's like um, the biggest question that was, I think, addressed on this episode was whether Bran uh, could handle cold cold weather and deal with climate change it looks like he's not he's not into it that much no he's not but so climate change is real apparently (laughs) yeah yes i was skeptical myself but (laughs) it seems like the white walkers are real fire doesn't stop the regular white walkers maybe the whites the zombies Mm -hmm. i mean you're a big walking dead fan right this is some the most walking dead thrones has gotten on top of all this other stuff yeah man that uh, so I, I was telling you after I, I I only gave you one line before you you watched the whole thing and I, right. I watched it I said it gave me chills and it gave me chills in sev- several ways. Oh, now I see what happened. You're doing a pun because it was cold up north. There. Right, right, right. So I was just like, man, these zombies are not to be fucked with. They're like uh, 
um, not Ray Romano. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> These zombies are like Ray Romano. All right. All right. I don't know if we no, saw no, the no, same no. episode. I was talking about uh, Dawn of the Dead. Real whiny? <laughs> Sports reporters. Nasal voices? Yeah, no, everybody loves them. And it talks. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're suicide zombies. They don't give a fuck about anything. And okay. it just... The zombies, yeah, they're mindless. But the White Walkers are real. All right, so the White Walkers are real creatures not like the zombies and how do we know that oh because they're clearly their own beings they're not like mindless drones like the zombies are they do things Mm -hmm. like we we knew that before this episode but what we didn't know was apparently the children of the forest right those little elvenish creatures who are a little more prominent in the books or mentioned more than on the show yeah little those little punks the children of the forest apparently were the people that or the beings that created the white walkers in the first place right that was the implication from this episode yeah so they showed a little flat the first flash visual yeah, the first brand flashback it kind of felt like a very uh hobbity you know J.R.R. token kind of uh smeagol setting it was a sun sunlight green acres and out of nowhere those what are they called the children elves? children of the forest children, children of, the forest. of the forest let's call them uh coughs what are you calling them cof Coughs? Okay. Yeah, those coughs uh, turned a dark, scary corner, kind of like the poultry guys, kids in a hallway. I was like, damn. They took a dagger and just went straight to the heart with this yeah. dude, right? But so what? So basically what it seems like, so they said they were doing it because they're fighting men. So that apparently this would be long, long time ago. Like, Bran was way back in the future here, right? Long before any of this shit ever happened. Like, hundreds and hundreds of years, I'm presuming. Right. The children of the forest, and I got a little bit of this info from the book, said the children of the forest were at war with man at some point. Right. And then they kind of learned to get along, whatever. And then they receded up north back to... And they're barely around in present day where Bran is. So apparently, though, to fight man when it was a war, the children of the forest turned them into this White Walker thing, which seems to be a weapon against man. So White Walkers really are all men. And, like, in the other episode, a couple of seasons ago, you see the White Walker turning the baby into a White Walker. Right. Baby White Walker. So they're created from men. They turn into this separate species. So what's going on with the children of the forest at this point? They, re- they, I guess, regret what they did, and now they're trying to help Bran. I mean, a lot of them sacrificed their lives in this episode. Basically, what ha- I'm just trying to figure this out myself, essentially, mm-hmm. is what happened. The children of the forest created this White Walker problem hundreds of years ago or whatever. Now they're trying to get rid of it. They realize they obviously made the mistake there. Right. And now the White Walkers turn against them. Like They obviously can't control them, and they're trying to take over again. So now the children are trying to stop them well, with use of Bran and whoever else. Well, the, the most interesting, I mean, from a, a non-reading perspective, the most thing I've seen common in all these uh, relationships between parties, right? How some parties form as enemies and then they then they became allies and then they switch back to enemies and then they turn. So I feel like this is just that version for the, I guess, supernatural or mystical or... For the coughs and whatnot? Uh, exactly, for the coughs. Yeah. Like, maybe they, I mean, the, maybe men and the subtle message that is being said, oh, men is destroying nature, so nature needs to, you know, straighten up men. And then and then the coughs themselves probably made the, the really terrible decision, like you said. Uh, that yeah. validates their actions to kind of fix things as they fucked up creating these White Walkers. That's this huge force that will be killing everything in study. So. I mean, I think that's a very good point you're making. And um, so, yeah, you're you're quantifying it a little more. What I was trying to get to, I guess. So the the ch- the coughs them- themselves are like almost a microcosm or a greater example of the whole general story, which is groups of men and people 
fighting each other needlessly, right? Like doing all this fucked up shit, whatever, like causing us conflict. And on top of that, all is like the, the children, the cops, and are doing the same thing. And that's like the whole point of the show, the books, whatever. Like the main theme or point is Re- that redemption, like this, yeah, closing yeah. closing chapters on stuff, yeah. So I mean, so this was crazy, yeah, of course. The rest of the brand storyline, then. So the other thing I'm trying to wrap my mind right now or figure out is, I guess Hodor died in this episode. I don't know if he's going to come back as a a white or a zombie because they're going to overtake him when he's holding the door, right? Wait, did he die though? I you have to assume that he will get overtaken. So. The episode was called The Door, and I didn't know what the fuck that was supposed to mean before this episode started. Now, obviously, I do know what it means. So Hodor is holding the door. He's presumably going to die there. I think that you don't think he's would somehow live from that, right? I don't. I don't necessarily think he's dead because I don't know. I mean, big big guys. Big guys don't die that easy. You can see Sam uh, <laughs> doesn't die from White Walkers. He, uh, no, but these weren't the White Walkers though. These were all the zombies. Like hundreds of them seemingly trying to push through the door. Right. Mira Reed is getting away with Bran. She's the one saying, Hold the door, hold the door. And so that's why I'm confused too. Apart from if he's dying or not, I'm pretty sure the implication that he's going to die, even if it wasn't explicitly shown. So Bran is the one who created Hodor in the first place. So in, in the past, Bran is warging him. He starts, you know, tweaking out and saying, Hold the door, hold the door, which turns into Hodor. Right. So if that's happening then, how at the beginning of the series was Hodor already saying Hodor? Like, it's like a whole, we're in a whole time travel paradox thing now, right? Yeah, I felt like that that was, that was the coolest thing that I think uh, happened for me because I'm into sci-fi. And, like, seeing that time travel, like, thinking about it from, like, a Matrix slash a Looper, like, all these different angles of just time travel and alterations... Basically, it wasn't much of the time travel as in as it is this these things were supposed to happen, right? This is how okay. it was supposed to happen. Um, but literally, if, right. if 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 this is the point in the story where Bran wargs in the past there and makes Hodor turn into that, how how is he already like that at the start of Episode One of Game of Thrones? Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with you on the fact that Bran didn't go back in the past or anything. Obviously, that's the way it happened. But I, I'm seeing it as more of a straight line of a linear line of like, okay, Bran is at this point running away from the White Walker zombies, but Bran's the only one that can go on the line and go all the way to the past and forward, and he's the only one that can skate that way um, that no one else can really. So. So does this mean in episode one, season one, Bran is already in the future doing things? That he, that he, in that point, doesn't realize that he himself is doing. Because Hodor already says Hodor. He's already messed up in season one, episode one. And Bran doesn't know the reason why until, I guess, he'll find out next episode. Whatever. That means Bran has been doing stuff in the future all along, this whole series. It has to mean that, right? You're asking me if Bran doesn't know his, his future, but he's able to go in the past and create the future as he's living in the yeah. present? I'm Yeah, because I'm saying... Hodor is already... It seemed like the events of tonight's episode turned Hodor into what he is, right? Yes, yes. But he was like that from the beginning of the show. Right. Does that, that means Bran had already gone... The future had already happened at the very beginning of the show for him to be acting like that already, right? Yeah, I mean, the future and the past are connected. That's what I'm going to say, obviously. Okay. So It's just confusing. I mean, right, like this, right. this is something I never... There are hints about... Bran being able to time travel a little bit in the book as well. And there was a hint about it in one of the past episodes. 
with the whole Tower of Joy sequence where he says father and the Ned turns around. Right. So it's like Ben hinted at, but I never had to like really think about it that much with this show or with these books before. And now I'm like, what the rules are here. Yeah. So uh, I would just basically, well, there's two, there's two factors of prophecies, right? We, we kind of talked about this in past episodes and even pop parallels about, you know, prophecies and fictional uh, creation. Right. One of the prophecies is the Lord of Light, which I don't know much about because I don't read. Um, and we're going to should mention since you brought that up, there was a new Red Priestess in tonight's episode saying that Daenerys was the one that's promised. When Melisandre now thinks that John is the one that's promised, so this is all this prophecy coming up. Right, right, and then she had the m- nicest emerald eyes I could ever see on Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only thing I noticed there. Now, do uh, we think she's really an old lady too? This new one. Well, I was I, I, I was ready to see another old naked lady. I was actually pretty oh, you're ready for it. You were hoping for that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I wasn't hoping for it. I was just waiting you're for it. You were just like, preparing yourself. Yeah, in case yeah, you, yeah. Like, I was like maybe pre- Tyrion would take her back behind the pyramid, like, you know, because he likes to, to mess around. Maybe he would find out the hard way with this new one. Right. Maybe it'll still happen. Right. And, uh, like, I wasn't prepared for the teenage uh, crotch shot, but I was prepared for just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the actor was over 18. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, with that being said, you know, the Lord of Light predicting stuff, saying this is a prophecy. Obviously, Melisandre has readjusted her faith a little bit, right? Would you say that? Well, here's what I would say. I mean, I don't know if this is the point you're trying to get to, but prophecy, all of this, I think it's all kind of bullshit because even it was enforced tonight to me that the Red Priestess, I was talking about Varys, the spider taking the L, and the Priestess really caught him off guard. That's the most speechless I've ever seen him. Surely got to him. I think he's right overall that there is no such thing as this prophecy. It's not real. Humans are the ones creating this, just like, or not even humans, tr- coughs or whatever they are, mm-hmm. creatures in general of the earth. Right. Like the coughs. They created this whole White Walker mess right now. And the reason there needs to be a savior like a John or Daenerys is because of this thing that's happened. But it, was, it wasn't done by some like gods from on high. Like It's like people or coughs or whatever, people on earth of the, whatever this planet is are the ones forming all this. So do you really... I was asking you this maybe on the last episode like you were alluding to now, but do you think prophecies or religions are real at all on this show? Or are they really... Is the point that they're really not? I think religions are just by association and prophecies are only made up based on people's powers and creations, right? So, for example, the Coughs, they have fucking fireball power like mario super mario yeah. brothers style yeah uh, they're like this time they sh- that you couldn't tell this from the last time yeah. you saw them doing that a couple seasons ago but it seemed like they had these like stones and they're turning them to fire in their hands they were them. goblins they were green goblin all, yeah, all really. the way man they were just i will say this is not, right. not something from the books that whole fireball throwing thing at least hasn't been shown yet well uh and then also you know dragons being mythical or not obviously we know dragons are real there and we know the stone thing uh it's happening to certain Sir Frenzo. Yes, Sir FZ. Danny basically completely forgives him, I guess, and tells, commands him to, as her queen, to go find a cure for himself. Yeah, for that that HIV, for that HIVs. For that HIVs. Shireen got cured of her HIVs before she got burned alive. Right, right, right. Uh, But it was shown that there was some cure that someone had found. So do we we assume that Sir uh, FZ himself is is not going to die of this uh, grayscale? He's going to... The Hibs, he's going to come back. He's going to Magic Johnson this shit. Is that what we're thinking? I don't think it's a Magic Johnson. I think Melisandre and Sir Davos will find him just to burn him alive, too. Just because I feel like that's it. <laughs> that's his destiny. Right. And that's interesting. I don't right. know how they're going to cross, but right. Davos and Mel and Team John are going to go to the Mormons, I believe, right. who are his family, even though he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. 
as that's one of the northern houses they mentioned they're trying to recruit to their side. The Boltons got some on their side, and that's that whole storyline, right? Yeah, uh, we didn't see any Ramsey uh, this time. Ramsey was talking oh, Ram- about first episode out of the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not enough, not enough dog action for me. Actually, oh. there was dog action. I, I was really sad about that action. Though. Oh yeah, so we skipped that. So yeah. Summer Brandstar. I mean, people are going to be upset. They're killing wolves left and right here. He Summer also sacrificed himself, as as did a lot of those coughs in Hodor, I believe. There's only down. We're only down to two wolves now. One which is in the wild. The other is Ghost of the John. I really do think that. I know people will get mad about this because it's like people think it's their dogs, like your Sir Robert dog. You don't want to see that happen on TV, even. No, no, I could, I could deal with like it. It's just, it's just, it's just like a bad. Ugh, but you know? I really, I don't know if they're all going to die like this on the. Some of them have died in the book, like Rob's wolf obviously died in the book. Sounds as did. Um, we haven't seen Bran or Rickon's dying yet, like has happened this season. Maybe it will happen, but I do feel like the show is just trying to get rid of them. Because they don't want to animate, it costs a lot of money to CGI them. So they're trying to get. It. I really, I'm not even budget cost, I'm, not, I'm only half joking about that. Like, right, right, right. I really think it might be a budgetary option because I don't see why Summer the Wolf had to sacrifice himself in this episode as well. Because he's it the slowest like, wolf. You didn't realize it, but he's actually really slow. He doesn't get commands yeah. as quickly as the Ghost does or any of the other ones. So he was obviously like the special puppy. Uh, let's just say. The- I mean, the way this is going, you know, yeah. Ghost is going to die next episode or something. You know, like, I don't know if any wolves are making it to lab this season. Arya's wolf is supposed to be in the Riverlands roaming from season one when she made it go away. Yeah. In the books, it says that that wolf has gotten a big pack of regular wolves, not dire wolves, but regular wolves with it, roaming in a pack. And there's a couple instances in the book where Arya herself is warging into Nymeria, her dire wolf, and, like, killing people that way. Which presumably, she doesn't seem to be a warg like Bran in the show. None of the Stark children do other than Bran in the show. Yeah. Arya and Jon are both wargs in the book. Okay. It's kind of implied that all the Stark children are right. with their wolves. And Sansa, obviously not because her dad is young. But that obviously is not something they wanted to do in the show either, which is fine. But uh, I think that's also why they can kill the wolves more easily in the show. Because although Bran is the only one who was warging into his wolf, which dad, so I don't even know. I think I I think I uh, I would be really more. I'm upset about obviously a lot of a lot of animal lovers or dog lovers prim- primarily will be upset with a lot of these scenes um, in Game of Thrones, and I'm sure even some of them that are crazy enough to like be like, how could you do this and playing online like PETA style. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they're fictional wolves. They're not really. The only real wolf I know is Kevin Garnett. So unless he's showing up on the show. Uh, You're not counting Andrew Wiggins or any, you know, the rookie of the year, Carl Anthony Towns? No, not yet. I mean, they, those are still puppies right now. Well, let's move on a little bit here. So Baelish, the other one who took the big L, I mean, he still got his, he didn't die or anything, of course, but no. when he was kind of maybe at risk to, what was his plan here? He thought he could just... Storm in? Yeah, and give the Vale Knights to Sansa. I guess, are we to take it that he really didn't realize how dangerous Ramsey was? No, he knows he was a prick. He knows you. I mean, you can. A, a pr- pricks know other pricks, right? Uh, they know their style. Game recognized game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like he he wasn't aware of Ramsey doing his thing. He gave Sansa that one piece of ad- advice, like just use your assets, you know, if you have to. Uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, this was what the viewer watching that episode in season five was like saying to themselves, "Oh, of course, Sansa's not going to be able to do anything. Ramsey is too psychotic." 
So if he really knew that, he shouldn't have trusted that. He wouldn't kill her somehow. Because, you know, he needs her to win the North, whatever. He needs a Stark name. But with the things he's doing, who who's to say he wouldn't have just killed her somehow, even though he shouldn't have, wouldn't have been smart or whatever. You know, right. I don't know. I think it was a mix of Littlefinger. I think Littlefinger is just, at this point, getting too... His head's getting too big. He's he's won for so long now. He's tricked everyone for so long that he thinks he's invincible when he clearly is not. Even though he, he did get out of. You this. think his game has peaked already? He can't. I don't know if it's peaked, but I think he's he's slipping a little bit here because because what Sansa said in this episode is what a viewer themselves would say. Uh, trying to think about the situation with Baelish, either he did it on purpose or he's stupid not to trust Ramsay or whatever. So we still don't exactly know which one it is. Mm-hmm. I like that Sansa called him out like that in this episode. And even though I do like Baelish, she's one of my favorite characters. And like even last episode, I was saying like I kind of enjoyed seeing him get the win again. He's entertaining, but I did like how Sansa put him in his place a little bit in this episode and is clearly not trusting him anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously you got Brienne. And also, where was Padre? Where the fuck was he at? I mean, he he took that he was riding the pine in this episode. I I'm just going to assume that he was off slaying. At, you know, they're in Molestown, right? That's where Baelish met her. And yeah. if you remember anything, that's where the horrors of the North are, are hanging out. Oh, I want you guys to go there or, and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm presuming Pod was just in a room off to the side, just you know, laying the pipe like he likes to do. You know, real J.R. Smith style. Yeah. Uh, well, Bran was guarding over Sansa. In this little meeting and, and he's laying it for free he doesn't have to pay much because i mean the king's he got away with that in king's landing i don't he might have to throw a couple of shillings or whatever a couple uh silver stags for these northern whores but who knows i mean Pod, podrick Payne is the man so who knows yeah they don't call him pt Payne for nothing so no because <laughs> those whores are in pain after he lays it on so with his big dick so what 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 he's gonna be doing with brienne i assume is heading down south to the riverlands because what did uh, sansa tell him to do or her to do rather brienne he had told her yo you need to go down there yourself and check it out you need to be my eyes down there well who are they who is she supposed to go meet up with blackfish which is son which was caitlin tully uh caitlin stark's uncle right at the Red Wedding, he dismissed himself to go piss on a tree, he said. Right. And he escaped that altercation of the whole Red Wedding. So apparently, so that's the old uncle. You know, you remember this character. Right? Oh, yeah. So him and Arya were the only ones that were able not to get killed in the Red Wedding. Yeah, well, the Hound and Arya were coming up to the Red Wedding. They didn't go inside, and the right. Hound got her out of there. Tully escaped, Brendan Tully, the Blackfish. So apparently, he got an army going, retook the castle of River Run, which is the Tully Castle. Mm-hmm. So they're holding out for you know, against the crown at this point. So Sans is saying, and Baelish is the one who told her about this, although she lied to John and said she heard it from Ramsay, right? So right, right, right. She, I guess she doesn't want to use Baelish's troops, although I still think they're going to come in, obviously, at some point. But she's telling them, go to my uncle, my great uncle, the Blackfish, get him involved. Tully and Starks are getting back together here, it seems like. It seems like it's the right natural fit, right? They're, they're friends, they're fam, and uh, they're going to try to get take the North back and uh, from the Raptors, right? Because the Raptors right now are we? The, are you saying the Bones are the Raptors? I'm fine with that. But yeah, I mean they they are. I mean they're doing this. Uh, they claim they're the like North. Canadians, I think <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. They send, did they send out a letter? Uh, you know, saying come and see. No. We defeated. 
we defeated the Cavaliers on our home court. Come and see. No, they basically, yeah, they did that. But also they have flags saying we the North. They have hats saying we the North. So uh, we're going to kick Channing Frye and his balls in game four. Come and see. Also denied Tristan Thompson the ability to enter That's his own it. country. <laughs> so See, it's all connected in now. It is. Right. It, it's it connected is. more than brand to a tree because he's out of there. We, yeah, we don't have to talk much more about that Norman storyline. I'm sure it's going to be big. I right? mentioned Arya twice, so we should switch gears into that. That was a big part of this episode, Arya. So I feel like a lot of people aren't going to like this still. Like People haven't been loving Arya this year. I haven't either, um, although I did like her part in this episode. But it's a little slow right now in Bravos. Like She's still training, whatever. Not as involved in the main plot. But what do you think about this whole play that uh, you know Arya went to the theater this week and I don't think she liked what she saw, but what did you like about it? Did you like it? Play? Yeah, I think it was it was pretty creative and rhymy, uh, and I, I enjoyed the play. First Shakespearean style. Yeah, yeah. Bravos is like Bill Shakespeare is working there. Yeah, I was, I was into it. I, I could see myself even sitting down in like Central Park seeing some Shakespeare that, that way, you know? Free Shakespeare in the park. So it was about, about uh, you know, Arya's own father was... Uh, Ned Stark dies in season one, but he still comes up every episode. There's flashbacks about him. There's people acting as him in current day plays. I mean, he's all over the show still. It's crazy that someone, a character that died five seasons ago is still so prominent. But, you know, my boy Ned Stark, his memory was not well served by this uh, portrayal, would you say? No, no, it was not. Uh, There's a lot of cabbage rolling or bowling ball rolling. I don't know what they, they used. Rotten that. tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, rotten tomatoes well, rolling. He was, uh, oh, the cabbage was his head. Got it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the main point being that he was made to look like a real buffoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and northern, I just, you know, by, I guess in general, northern people in general in this play were made to look like buffoons. Tyrion was in the play, of course. He was made to look like it, not how he is in real life, but like kind of a, a best, not a bastard, like a literal bastard like Jon Snow, but a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He ripped Sansa's uh, dress off, basically. You know, actor Sansa. Actor Sansa also... Actress Sansa, I Actress guess. Sansa herself seems like she had a little uh, little distaste for... Uh, her female counterpart in the in the was show. actress Cersei, I guess. Yeah, actress that, Cersei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So are, are we? So Arya herself was positing that the younger actress that played Sansa was the one who has the head out for the actress that played Cersei, the older actress, and it was not confirmed or denied by Jacken. But if if it really was her, how is this young actress uh, affording, uh, you know, uh, to take this what presumably would be in a very expensive head out on someone, you know? How is she paying for that? Because faceless men are supposed to—you're supposed to have to pay them a very large sum of money for them to put, you know, to do the hit, right? So it must be she must be uh, have some kind of bloodline to maybe jacking off or whatever, or maybe some kind of connection, maybe where you know that's his that's his side piece. And you think that's Jarrett Jackin's side piece, which we got to start calling him that. Jarrett Jackin, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jared Jackson's side piece, uh, when he's on the road, uh, he's always hitting her up. Um, when That's he's... the road beef? Yeah. yeah. The Bravo's beef? Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> the entree ain't the, ain't the best without uh, something on the side, you know? So with that being said, I, I think even though Jackson's trying to theme himself as this almighty being, he, she, using pronouns, he's essentially a man, too, you know? Hey, uh, yeah. Is he? He could be, because I don't really think that, that whatever the face is that is, Jack and 
it's clearly not. That's not the real person. That's just the face these faceless men use, it seems like. Right. Like you said in this episode, all the halls were the original faceless men, whatever. So it could be a face of someone from a long time ago, maybe even as far back as the coughs were doing shit, whatever. It could be anyone under that, that Jarrett jacket mask, right? Right, and also it could be uh, just Tom Cruise underneath there, with Mission Impossible style. So, I mean, there's... I mean, that's basically what it's... You think at the last season of Thrones... Uh, Jared Jackins is going to pop the mask off and it's Tom Cruise under that? Uh, I can only hope. I can that only hope. Yeah. That would break the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Simon Pegg. Maybe Simon Pegg. I'm, I'm so on. where do you think this Arya storyline is going exactly? Um, is she going to kill this actress? What's going to happen? No, I, I think she's obviously always going to be dealing with an internal conflict. That's the biggest thing. She was asking questions to Jared Jackin about why are we killing people if they're good. And a servant should not ask. A servant does not ask questions. Yeah, I felt like that was very Republican of Jared Jackin to tell a woman off like that. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not into that whole thing. So, so woman rights always follow for her for Arya. You think that was like some? He was trying to give her the health care plan from his perspective. Like, yeah, he was saying like, to say you, need a, you need to, you need to stop with all the abortions and have this baby right now. And Jared Jackin, it's getting a little too more preachy for me. I think okay. something's gonna happen to Jared Jackin that is not foreseen right now that Arya is actually going to find out something that okay. she's not supposed to and the twist will turn. So you don't really think she's going to be no one forever. She's not really going to be a faceless woman. She's going to really go back to Westeros at some point and wreck shit or do something, right? So Arya Stark... Still has your sword out there and needle. Yeah, so Arya Stark is my equivalent to Bruce Wayne. He goes straight into the League of Shadows, uh, learns all the, all the tricks of the trade, League of Shadows are assholes. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to deal with it my way and save her city. So that's. Do you think George R. R. Martin just copied off of the creators of Batman, basically? Uh, he's, there's a lot of similarities to a lot of things. I mean, I just mentioned Green Goblin earlier of, of, <laughs> of the four children. So so who would be uh, Arya, you know, Bruce Wayne, Arya Stark's butler, like in the, uh, the sense of, you know. She had uh, that butler. That butler that was a trainer that died. Oh, trainer, yeah. yeah. Um, Serial Pharrell, but she needs one for the future. Yeah, well, it, uh, Fordor is not available anymore. No, no, it's it's the guy that she left dead. That's his. That's her new butler. Oh, see, so we think the Hound is still alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, he's he's a uh, Alfred. Yeah, he's he's definitely Hound Fred. Alfred, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sandor Fred. Right. All right. Well, the only other main plotline in this episode, the door, which we didn't touch on yet, was our our old friends, the Ironborn. What do you think about this whole sequence? Reek, um... So Reek is no longer Reek, I would say. He got back to being Theon. He's supporting his sister. You know, he wasn't seeming like a a completely broken man this episode. He was trying to stand up for himself or his sister in this one. You know, he didn't back down, really. I thought this was the funniest part of the episode uh, for many this was reasons. funny to you, okay. It was hilarious, just because there's so many awkward silences and people saying stuff. And no penises jokes, like a lot of dick jokes there. Yeah, uh, normally Tyrion's the one throwing out those uh, no D jokes, but this time old Uncle Euron was uh, calling his nephew out for being uh, quite cockless. Yeah, I, I don't think it was smart for Re- uh, Tyrion's uh, not Tyrion. Uh, what am I saying? Uh, Greyjoy's yeah. Theon's Greyjoy to sister. What's her name? Yara. Yara to like say I'm gonna kill you uh, during like a. Uh, election debate you know like that's not that's not that's not like proper debate no. style well uh so you don't he, see hillary clinton and bernie sanders saying that to each other so that's true they say it afterwards when they're elected like <laughs> right. like uh, euron did he said where's my niece and nephew we gotta murder them right exactly but they'd already got away with all the ships so right. what's gonna go on here you think 
obviously there's a divide at the Iron uh, Born, so this divide is going to change things where what the sister wants obviously is to be the leader of that and the only way that's going to happen is defeating the other half right and she does have people on her side all the people that came with her and stole the ships with her yeah that was a shitload of ships uh, i was like god damn like that was the fleet right there because euron said we got to go cut down trees and make a new one so you know the only way you build an alliance is by uh snitching on people and they're saying oh i'm gonna go marry danny that's right. I was going to say, were you surprised by Uncle Euron's plan here? No, everyone wants to marry Danny. Come on, man. Uh, but, but, I mean, did you really, like, Ironborn haven't been that much in the story. Like, did you really ever think of that Ironborn, like, would get into the Daenerys storyline here? Yeah, because there's a, they have a, they believe in a little bit of mythicalness of, like, uh, that was the a fun. God. Yeah, that was. So he funniest, really drowned. That was him, the funniest by the way. shit I I saw. I I thought that was great. Where he, he he was drowned, and people just looking around like, oh fuck. But that so so in the book, I took in the book. I took it the drowning to yeah. be like the guy would do, the priest would do CPR on them. Right. That's what it makes it seem like in the book. They drown him and then they do CPR to bring him back to life. And this, it just, they just flopped him on the beach and then he coughed the water up, whatever. They didn't use, you know, I guess his heart wasn't stopped or whatever, but that is pretty hardcore. He gets it drowned, basically, and comes back to, to you know, be the king or whatever. Yeah, uh, that crown is kind of shitty, though. I mean, well, it was, yeah, it was made out of, you know, some wood uh, from the beach, I guess. I feel like a guy like Uncle Euron's gonna, yeah, he would want a better crown. Like, he sailed all around the world. I feel like he's not gonna be satisfied with that. He's gonna go, you know, catch himself a he needs to come correct if he's really going to try to woo Dan Daenerys. He's going to need a better looking crown. So is what, Uncle- what, what, hold on. What if, what if somehow in his travels, I'm not saying this will happen, but right. I'm just thinking about this now. Maybe in his long travels around the world, Uncle Yoran has picked up how to cure grayscale somehow. Maybe Mitsu Bajora cures him, and that's how he gets in Daenerys' good graces. What do you think about that? I think that's a possibility. And you know she likes a bad boy, right? That's true. That he she does like the assholes. I don't know. Um, her her husband, uh, the Great Call, was not an asshole. He was well. A... I mean, I don't know if we call him an asshole. He wasn't like well, you know, at least by traditional standards, he wasn't a good guy. He was the leader of the Dothraki, which are all, you know, rapers and killers. Well, he was the most respected, right? Obviously, uh... well, he's a badass though. And enter boy toy Dario Naharis is. He's no Cal Drogo, but you know he's uh, he's kind of a badass himself, or he, he pretends to be at least. Well, he tries to be Uncle Euro. I think he's more of a instead of like him picking up grayscale. I think he also got pick up hives. I think he's like a Leonardo. He probably caught everything. Yeah, he's like a Leonardo DiCaprio. He goes to Cannes movie festival, and the next night, that same night, he flies to New York City, brings a whole bunch of models, and that's how he's rolling in. You know, all the time. Yeah, I I do feel like he should add some ladies with him during this whole thing <laughs> on the arm. On, on each arm, easily. I guess maybe you know maybe, if he's maybe, trying to say not even ladies, maybe a guy and a, a girl. You know, like maybe he goes for both ways. I don't think he's a uh, Ober and Martell over here. I don't think he likes both ways, but you know who knows. But you've seen a lot of stuff, man. You never know he's experienced a lot of stuff all right well yeah it's it's your on by the way not your oh he's not he's not paying for uh for <laughs> not, shit over in france not a right failed now. monetary system no <laughs> uncle you're on so get it get it correct that's uncle, right uncle yukon yeah okay. no that's all right it's only the second episode he's been in he just kind of popped out of nowhere Yeah, and we saw him in like a rainy setting on a bridge well I, what do you think about this i was surprised that he admitted to killing his brother and i get it the ironborn pay the iron price they take what they want but I do feel like he, I don't think as many people would get behind him if he admitted to it, you know. Um, in the book, people suspect him, and it's never even confirmed for the reader that he definitely did it. 
we don't know, even though it's it seems that he did. But he does he doesn't go around saying, "Oh, I killed Balon, like my brother." He just kind of blows past it. So I do feel like it's it's the same criticism I've had of the show all season. Even though I'm really liking this season, a lot of family members are killing each other. Bruce Bolton, Martell, Doran Martell, Balon. They're dying by their own family, or wh- however they're dying, and in obvious ways where they should have more guards around. I mentioned this on the episode I did with E Dash Nam last week, mm-hmm. uh, Eric. It's it's a little convenient for the sake of the show to have these big characters die easily when realistically it wouldn't happen that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. You can't just admit or openly kill these people like this and get away with it. You have to trick people in some regard. You have to be more little finger esque than these characters are being but i get why they're doing it with the show they need to progress things forward and i would say season six so far really has the foot on the gas more than any other season as far as these plot lines are concerned right would you agree yes and no i mean the aria one you talked about is definitely that's one example where it's um, not but but still and maybe it's just for and, my book and the brand one i feel like it's just gone fast the brand one finally revealed itself this episode. that's gone really fast i mean he took a season off and now we're, we're finally well, you had to, you had to right and he's leaving the cave which i never before the season started i never necessarily thought he would i thought maybe they're grooming him to turn in the old thread raven said he has to be him now so presumably he's dead now as well I I always thought it would be him in the cave still, but he's going out in the open now. I guess wrap that storyline up before I finish here. What do you think is happening with Bran from now on? Where well, are they going to go? Bran, uh, he's all, obviously at the northernmost part right now, right? Is that is that where he's at in the Children of Force area? Yeah, I guess they're going even more north at this point when they escape. I don't know where they're going, but they're pretty north, north already, yeah. They have one uh, young lady that's probably going to be his only friend and lover for eternity. And and then they have him. And then obviously you mentioned you think Hoarder said, I don't think he's dead. Well, so, he, well let me say this. I, I did always think that Bran would kind of live through Hodor and just war again to him. And, and Hodor would be a warrior as Bran, something like that. So I didn't think he would kill him off because I don't know what he's going to do now. He just has Mira with him. Who's you know she can handle herself, but she's not strong enough to carry him all around. Or she, he can't war, war into her or anything. I'm assuming because she has her full mental faculties. Who knows? Maybe it's powerful enough to right. So who's, who's, the closest, who's the closest? Who's the closest geographically to them right now, though? Uh, in terms of no one. I mean, they're 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 up way above the wall. Only White Walkers and Whites are around. Maybe his maybe his uncle Benjamin will come back into the story because he disappeared behind the wall in season one. Mm-hmm. Maybe he somehow shows up again. He gets name checked every once in a while, but that would be crazy if he shows up this season. But um, I, I really don't know. Being a book reader, that it's so far past now in these plot lines, I'm in a position now where that I haven't been most of the time watching the show, where I really don't know what's going on. Some storylines like this one, it's hard to even speculate. So, how many Starks are alive right now, kids? Wise. Well, old reconnaissance, young reconnaissance Stark is still alive as far as we know, in Ramsey's dungeon. Right. Wolfstead. Bran is alive, obviously, getting pulled out by Mira. Now Wolfstead. Arya's in Bravos. Wolf is, you know, MIA, somewhere in the Riverlands, presumably. Sansa's chilling with Jon. Jon's Wolf's alive. But he's not really their sibling. He's really their... Presu- I mean, we assume he's their cousin, actually, but they well, don't know that. It's only been confirmed he's half so far. So. Yeah, he's 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 got to be Lyanna Stark, their aunt's. Uh, son, so he's really their cousin, and then so Sansa, he's going to marry Sansa, and Bob is right? dead. So you think he's going to marry Sansa? Oh, yeah. that's a little 
married. I guess it could happen. Hey, um, hey, hey, cousins get married all the time in so many other yeah. countries. All right? And their other cousin, old old Sweet Robin, I think he's trying to marry Sansa right now, but maybe John swoops in. That'll be weird. I don't see how John's going to go with that, but, you know, who knows? He does like redheads, I guess. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm thinking it's going to so, happen. So, all right, so we have five Starks confirmed alive at right. this point. And... And Uncle Benjamin could still be alive, so maybe one a sixth one possibly out there. That's all I think. Yeah. So I think what's going to happen is their powers combined, uh, the Planeteers or Power Rangers, whatever, they're going to all get together at some point sooner than we expected. I think for Bran to survive, he's going. The closest people would be obviously John, John and Sansa just left, but they're not that far from him uh, getting over there on uh, on a. What is it called? A little uh, Iditarod? Uh, <laughs> like a little... Are you talking about the sled dog team? Sled dog, yeah, yeah. Iditarod is the race in Alaska. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they'll find some sled dogs. Well, people getting junior over there riding those dogs or not. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> all right, and well, is there anything else you want to mention from this episode? No, I, I thought it was uh, really, really well done. I haven't felt this way about Game of Thrones. Like, I'm into it. Not as much as, you know, larger fan bases are and other people. But I wasn't this into it until... Uh, the game, season one, I was really into it because obviously I just like piled through them and I thought it was the greatest thing, really. I haven't felt this way since season one. So maybe it's because of all this changing of the characters and they're finally moving forward and brands moving forward and Arya's yeah. trying. That's why I feel like this connection back to season one where they were starting to get their you know story and now it's actually coming to tuition. So I'm really pumped about it. And I'm always a fan of seeing zombies anywhere. So that's cool. All right, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's cool, and uh, so you're really into it up top, it sounds like, then you weren't as much, you know, still liking it, but not loving it, now you're back to, like, loving it how it is right now, is that what you're saying, basically? Yeah, I mean, because, like, Game of Thrones is about so many relationship dynamics, marriages, affairs, uh, killings, and all that stuff, but, like, essentially, I remember one of the first things that George R.R. R. Martin said after episode eight, season one, right, when uh, Ned Ned's head was gone, right? He said, you guys think it's about Ned Stark, but it's about the kids. So that kind of, I guess, stuck with me. Just saying, like, I'm just wondering what the kids are going to be doing, you know? And these kids are growing yeah. up uh, right before our eyes. Bran yeah. Stark hit puberty. He's got a deep voice now. Good for him. That's right. Even, we don't know what reconnaissance sounds like because they don't give him any lines, but he hit puberty hard, too, it looked like. So uh, who knows what he sounds like. But, uh, yeah, it was a great episode. We got to talk about it more. Uh, but I think this is it for now. If you want to just hold... You know, I gotta grab another beer here. So hold the pot, hold the pot. Mm-hmm. I'm holding. Hold it. the pot. I'm holding it. I'm holding hold it. The hold, 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 hold the pot. 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 Hold pot. Hold pot. Hold pot. What? Why am I saying that? Anyways, that I think that'll do it for this bite, guys. Check us out on the iTunes. On the face of books, uh, Pod Boys Productions, Brooklyn Rebound, like us, review, send us a shout out, and enjoy yourself. Have a fantastic Monday, because you know Mondays suck, and R.I.P. Greyjoy's dick. That's all I got. Peace!